welcome to the deep dive. We are back for a round 15 review. How are you, me old mate Mick? I am good, old mate Trent. How are you going over there? Uh, so uh, this must be the most depressing podcast to listen to, particularly for people outside of Victoria. I don't know whether it's cathartic for people in Victoria, but so it's Monday the 7th of September. Um, there is a game on tonight, but we're going to record in two halves so that one of us can see it and then we're going to keep moving and record um, further into the night. But um, so, yeah, <laughs> we obviously had the news of the lockdown continuing um, and it breaks the, the tradition as well of us catching up on grand final day. So that's really uh, poor, which we've caught up for every grand final except for 20, I was counting back, like 2012 and 2013, I don't believe we caught up for, but Aside from that, we definitely yeah. did. Yeah, 14, 14 onwards. I 14 think, onwards, so. yeah. And then I think, I don't know whether we did one of the early ones either, but anyway, that's it, a very annoying scenario, but yeah, hopefully hopefully it's the right decision. Um, certainly a lot longer lockdown than I think most people thought it was going to be, but um, I always try and come into this, you know, <laughs> with a bit of buzz, but it's, it is hard when you, we are literally locked in the house. Uh Anyway, so we, we push on. The football continues. Um, and, yeah, it's we'll have to talk a little bit about the Richmond scenario. Um, obviously, this podcast is about the uh, the game and that'll be the bulk of it. But that was obviously a pretty big story. But um, before we do, so we're going to do all of round 15 um, and then a little bit of 16 too, as we said last week, because we did a bit of our tips into 16 too, because it was going to be way too hard to know when we're going to be able to record and... Yeah. And so on and so forth. Um, but big thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home, uh, hopstahome.com.au. Really good craft beer delivery service. Um, great time to check them out. They're still operating. They're still operating this entire time. Um, based out of Melbourne, so it must be pretty interesting for them um, to be based here. There's been, I was meant to mention this last week, there's been no delays in shipping with them either. So they've been really good at getting ahead and um, even the other week, I don't know whether they thought there'd be a bit of a delay, but it came express, which shows the, you know, their commitment to getting getting the packages delivered on time. So, um, yeah, really impressive service. Yeah, awesome. Uh, just goes to show essential product, essential service. <laughs> exactly. Um, au, And you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Um, yeah, really nice guys. I've heard like Dan Murphy's and, and BWS like plugged quite a bit on podcasts at the moment. I like that's fine, but, you know, I think it's a good idea to support the smaller businesses, particularly at the moment, um, particularly BWS is owned by Dan Murphy's and Dan Murphy's is owned by a massive grocery company that's up like a huge amount of money and, you know, all, all respect. But I think, you know, right now, yeah, particularly... No, they probably don't need a heap of support, I'll be honest. Um, you know, obviously, good, you know, well, good on them. But at the same time, I think right now, it's probably a good idea to support the local. And I had a look on like the, there's an ad running at the moment around, um, some of it's like applicable, but it's like support your local and support Vic. They're running these ads at the moment. I went to the URL out of curiosity to see like what was up there. And it's yeah. some of it's like some fairly well-known stuff. And it's like, I think a lot of this would be going okay. Um, Hopster Homes a really good um, one to, you know, it's two guys, um, small business, um, you know, there's obviously bigger players in that space like a Dan's or, you know, they're, they're, they're really, really switched on guys. So hopsterhome.com.au, great selection of craft beers. I've got a pack on its way, so I will let you know what's going on next week. Hopefully we, I'll have to ship some to you at this stage. I'll, we were hoping to 
drink something together, but I'm just going to have to on-forward it to you at this point. I don't know when we're going to... Because even the five-kilometre rule doesn't go down till after the grand final. So there goes Ed, any studio with Ed. So that's gone to the bin. But maybe we can do the, the post-season stuff with him, seeing how things go. But um, anyway, it's very... Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's we'll awkward. see what Ed's out in the future. <laughs> it might be another couple of weeks, a few more. Um, surely not by that point. Um, anyway, so yeah, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Check out uh, all the Beyond the Game TV stuff as well. Ed does a great job. Obviously, it's quite difficult for him at the moment, not um, not having the the financial backbone of working with um, sports clubs in both NRL and, and AFL. So definitely check out his content, um, you know, on YouTube and and, and um, Facebook and all that sort of stuff as well. He's really good support of what we do. Um, and I'm sure we'll get back together as soon as we can. Um, let's head to another nightmare, um, similar similar to our current predicament. Um, the yeah. fir- first game to look at is uh, Hawthorne Adelaide, uh, final That's score eighty three to forty nine, uh, forty eight. Sorry. Yeah, distant memory for for um, this particular uh, speaker. Um, <laughs> I was hoping we never had to re- repeat. Uh, this game uh, for the rest of my life, but it, uh, it is what it is. Um, and good on Adelaide for actually turning up and and showing what can be done in a pretty uh, tumultuous year for everyone, but obviously in particular uh, the Adelaide Football Club, very proud club. Uh, they're on their way to, I believe, their very first wooden spoon um, yes, since being yeah. part of the AFL, which is impressive because they've been, been around for a long time and have always been fairly strong um, both on and off the field. So, look, if you're all in support, it can't get any lower than being a team to lose uh, to a team um, for the year. Um, and that's, I guess, the result of... Uh, playing a, a certain mould of um, building a team over or post a very successful year and it not continuing to be as fruitful as it once was. Uh, you know, I, I'm starting to jump on the, um, the bandwagon of Clarko critics and I, I'm pretty disappointed actually the last two or three weeks of his press conferences and pointing fingers and taking absolutely no responsibility for where his club's at at the moment. Um, Look, the game wasn't pretty. Um, Two teams very void of any type of confidence and skill level capable of competing against the uh, the elite teams. Um, Probably couldn't even compete very well against the mid-tier teams at the moment, Uh, hence the reason they're... But both sitting bottom three. Yeah, I mean, I think at this did this was a game that it did have that kind of you know magic or whatever in the water. There was something funny going on. It did. There was a bit of talk about is this the game that that Adelaide are going to finally win? Um, Hawthorne obviously went and and played the mature players. That was a, a massive mistake um, in the end. It's funny just before we go into the game a bit more. I, I was going to ask you about Clarko last week, and then I thought, oh, let's just leave it because we've got we always have way more to discuss from a game perspective but it's interesting what you say i mean i, I he comes across like a, a sook now not that he's trying to deflect early on it was like oh yeah he's deflecting blah 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 but now he just comes across yeah. like a sook would you agree like he just comes across poor now yeah he's i mean i guess it's it's easy to be critical 
from the outside looking in. And we don't, I mean, he doesn't, he, he never, he's never given a lot away as a coach, uh, even when the, the team was really successful. So whether he, he's happy and it's a, a deliberate ploy just to pick up things that they, they can focus on him rather than individual players and, and a protection type scenario, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird one. He's, he's still got two years at the helm, I don't think that's going to change. Um, but yeah, look, it's just very unusual seeing um, Clarko um, carry on this way. I guess that's a reflection of being so successful for so long. Though he's never had to deal with this sort of scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except when he was first there, but he was he took he took over control of a team that hadn't been had not been successful for a long time. So it's a bit easier in that scenario. He could get better though. I think. I think there's other ways that um, would be better to handle than some of the stuff that's coming out. In particular, when we, oh, I might as well bring it up now, the, the way he spoke about Brett Ratton's tech, tactics in the more recent game, um, I, I thought was a was below below the belt. He's an ex assistant um, using the same tactics that he probably showed him. They, they, Hawthorne used to play like that. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. It's very strange why he would very have a go strange. at that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, um, pretty no. predictable game. Um, midfield from Hawthorne was awful. Um, Crows. Could, uh, this is the thing. I mean, Adelaide are a pretty poor side. So it was. You know, I know they were better, and I think they were definitely allowed to be a lot better because Hawthorne was so bad. I think they that was that's a big factor into it. Um, they were really awful. They really had no idea what was going on a lot of the time. I mean, it's funny, like, because we've got the two Hawthorne games to discuss. I think they were a lot better in the second game. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it would have been pretty embarrassing, Adelaide not winning a game for the entire year. So, look, it's good for their fan base that... That that um, that hasn't happened, but yeah, from a Hawthorne perspective, it's uh, as you said, as low as about as low as it can get. Um, yeah, and look, great, great, great for um, the, for Knicks um, to get that win. Like, would have been so hard going a whole season um, yeah. without a win. At least he knows now that he, he's got some players on that list that believe in where he's trying to take it, um, yeah. take the club, and. There was a little bit of life in, in that in the Crows again coming up against a team like Hawthorne that uh, is struggling anyway. But you throw in those older, uh, more experienced players that <clears throat> look based on that. Um, that's that's the turning point now. I think Hawthorne as a club need to change their ways and go with a, a more youthful um, policy. Oh, not that throw. Not to say to throw the, the water out, the, the baby out with the what's the saying? Bathwater. Yeah, with bathwater. Um, I think that can be too extreme if you throw um, all the senior players under the bus and, and do a massive rebuild. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, for the sake of the Crows fans out there, this um, might help retain some of those players that we keep hearing um, everyone's exiting. So. But other than that, the only thing I yeah, only real takeaway from the game for me was that uh, those, a lot of those senior players at Hawthorne um, aren't up to playing at this level anymore. And it's time to give the kids a go. Yeah, and we'll get into that at the end of the year. But it sounds like I think quite a few of the mature players are going to have to go. Um, and maybe Burgoyne should have taken that 
multi-year deal from the Gold Coast in order to get to 400 games. I don't know whether that's a big um, carrot for him, but it, it might be very difficult to do that now at Hawthorne. Um, offensively, I thought they looked awful, and that's a massive concern as well. Obviously, no pattern. Again, his body's really just breaking down. I know they got him for a packet of chips, but offensively, things haven't really worked out for Hawthorne for some time now. Again, pretty low scoring, only getting 48 um, Gunston with three, he was okay. Uh, Wingard two, but then after that, it's 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 pretty minimal. And then again, um, you know, their midfield not penetrating on the on the scoreboard at all, which is obviously a massive concern. But anyway, um, we'll get into Hawthorne at the end of the year. They're a team that's obviously out of contention now, so we've got to keep moving. Um, yeah. And and then so after that, uh, very strange game in Eagles um, Dons. So at the Gabatoire, um, so McGovern saw early, and then it's a very strange old game. So Hurley, uh, there was a lot of very odd things early. Very slow start the game. Uh, Hurley, you know, really concerned by his right shoulder. Um, uh, he still doesn't look right. He didn't look great in the Geelong game either, which we'll obviously get into, nice. but. Don's inaccuracy massively hurt them early. Um, so the quarter time score, uh, score at quarter time, four goals, one in the end. So it did speed up towards the back end and then one goal, four. So this is the thing. It's, it's bad kicking, it's bad football. But, and they just completely kicked themselves out of the game, um, similar to the Dogs in that horrible game, which we'll get into in a minute. But halftime, um, 7-3 to 4-5. So just they just completely lack scoring still. Um I mean, I know in that game, I don't know, like Danaher's, he kicked three points. I mean, a few of those he could have kicked and then they ended up resting him for the next game. Is he, like the reality, I mean, they've, they've also rested him because they don't want him to get injured um, and then his trade value goes through the floor. It's a, it's a funny one. We'll get to Essen in a second, but I mean, Eagles, just wanted to start with this because it, look, it's positive that they won. I get that, but like, this stat is, I mean, the, the statistics now with West Coast, so we'll discuss this, they're more obviously in the Dogs game, but so the Eagles now are three wins and five losses in Queensland, and their wins, those three wins, are Sydney, Adelaide, and Essendon. So three teams that are well outside of the eight, and and I know Sydney's best football this year has been pretty good, but that wasn't really on that day. Adelaide are the, like basically the worst side in the league. And Essendon have struggled in a lot of respects and they've missed finals again. So, and they've played a lot of mediocre football and they got belted by Geelong like it wasn't even funny. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Three teams they obviously should beat anywhere you could play this game in Timbuktu and West Coast are just a far superior side than those three. So, yeah, yeah it's a good point you raise. And again, it, it concerns me that now, um, like we said last week, with Queensland getting the rights to, uh, I think it's both prelims and the granny. I can't see West Coast featuring. Um, I think in those last two weekends. Yeah, I think so. Technically, if um, well, Port Adelaide, if they make the prelim, it sounds like that prelim would be played in Adelaide. But that's oh. that's not one hundred percent. But it's looking like yep. that could be the case. But yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a big concern. Oh, that's fair enough too. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the top teams, and we'll get into it, but Brisbane, with Harris Andrews going out, 
and then the Eagles record in um, Queensland, they're really two major knocks on those two teams for me to win the flag. Um, Liam Ryan, <clears throat> in this game and in the Dogs game, amazing. He is in ridiculous form. His field kicking is incredible. At the start, I was like, oh, it's another almost Liam Ryan kind of game in this um, yeah. in the Dons one. But then, like, when you finish with four goals one, he looks so good. He's in, he's in a rich um, vein of form, almost career best, to be honest. And, I, I, again, I, his field kicking is absolutely amazing. It's so good. It's so good yeah, to watch. Yeah, it's funny how he's he's just slowly built through the through the year. And, he, yeah, I agree. He looks electrifying. And then... That's probably the saving grace if, if all these other parts um, of the West Coast machine can just pick up five or so percent across the board and you've got a live wire who literally uh, can yeah. take a game on and win it on his own boot and you throw in Kennedy and well, not so much Kennedy, Darling, they could turn it on um, but it's just, I don't know, it's, it just doesn't seem to gel outside of WA at the moment, which I just didn't think would happen. I thought Not after the second that time. first two yeah. or three weeks of the hub one, I thought, no, nah, they'll, they'll they'll switch on there. They're a pretty professional club and they, they obviously got over their MCG hoodoo and won a premiership re- recently. So just, yeah, I'm baffled by it all. It's just weird. So anyway, um, like, look, yeah. the main, main thing was is that they – Got that win um, more than anything. Is they had to win that. Well, now I think with the dogs' loss, which they shouldn't have lost, the dogs were crazy inaccurate. And we'll get into that game, obviously. But now I think top four is going to be tough. I think the four is set, not necessarily in that order, but I reckon the four is set now. And Richmond would have, would yeah, have breathed a sigh, a sigh of yeah. relief losing that dogs' like, game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Nick Nat was Essendon, sorry, go sorry. I was, oh, no, no, for you, you, oh, I thought you might have been finished on West Coast. Keep continue go on Nick Nat, mate, oh, and then I'll get on to Essendon. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's just a couple more things. Um, yeah, so obviously I thought Nick Nat was huge. Um, he's in, you know, obviously amazing form as we've been saying for the last month or so at least. Um, they rested him in the other game, which was interesting, but uh, I think it was just back to back games. They need him for finals, but in the end, yes. wow, that might have cost them the fourth position. They might have pulled the trigger too early and where they also pulled the trigger too early was um, Shuey. So in this game, I know this feels like 12 years ago, but this was the game where Shuey um, has a hamstring tightness. Um, they weren't sure. He ran. Uh, I believe it was at halftime. He had a few chip kicks around, seemed to be moving okay, looked okay. Um, they realised how important the game was to win. They played him. And um, he ended up doing a further injury. So the the length of time that he'll be out is going to basically be the same. But Adam um, Simpson said after the game that that was his fault, which was fascinating to see. You basically never see that from a coach in any professional sport. But he came out and said we shouldn't have shouldn't have put him on again. It wasn't a great idea. And um, it's, it's yeah. actually that he was like it's con- honestly he was like it's a little, probably a bit lucky that it didn't happen. So they're probably two triggers that they may have pulled the wrong way. They might have probably should have kept, um, in hindsight, kept Shuey off um, and then kept Nick Nat in for this game. But anyway, it's obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably it. I mean, I thought Kelly was better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look. Just on him, mm. has it, have you been disappointed by his performance 
in, in, in his first year at West Coast, or do you just think it's like every other player, regardless of um, their stature, it's pretty hard to have a, a really good year at a new club while you're getting used to the systems? A little bit of both, but I, I if I go under the head, I've got to make a, a decision either way. I think um, it, I'm leaning more towards it's been a bit poor. Yeah, I think he's been – he's too good of a player – he came into that Geelong side, uh, and this maybe it's just the way they played. He adapted to it a bit quicker, but he came into that Geelong side without that many years in it either because obviously the nature of his contract uh, and the and the way he entered the AFL, it wasn't, you know, through the draft, uh, you know, as a, as a kid. He came, he was overlooked by a stack. It was a heap of clubs that could have taken him. So yeah, yeah. maybe the way Eagles plays a bit been hard of him to get his head around, but his form has 100% been down. And I... Maybe with his family situation, I've, I've put, I haven't really wanted to comment on it, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't think this is a, a, a problem, but the reality with his family situation too, uh, it was a big reason he wanted to move back to WA. Possibly being in the hub might, might be a bit hard in that situation. Obviously, his kids have special needs. Um, not having some people around them, also, also you know, pulling them into an environment that they're not quite used to, the whole family, but, you know, um, it is, is tough. Um, educationally, would be difficult. So there's a whole raft of issues. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've probably put that down to that. But at the same time, yeah, um, yeah he, he absolutely like, and he's been good and he's been better the last few weeks. But it's just because his ceiling is so high. That's why I'm kind of like, ah, uh, you know, he could have been a bit better. But probably the only other thing on the Eagles, and this is again, this is a massive, again, a problem they had in the next game as well, was, I mean, consistently, and we've said this through the year, and a lot of their losses at the Gabba, but it, it, it's so strange. It d- doesn't seem to be an issue in, in Perth. It's so bizarre. I'd love to see like side-for-side side examples of it. But again, their forwards are guilty of being dragged way too far up the ground and consistently tipper over the back. And we spoke about this recently with another Eagles game where so often that they, they get caught wandering, they're pulled up, they, they want to play. I get they want to support and, and make a defensive effort. Maybe it's a coaching instruction that's kind of gone a bit wrong. But at the same time, it happened multiple times. And that was a big reason why they were able to stay in the game, Essendon. Um, but, yeah, getting on to Essendon, um, I thought Draper tried the physicality, um, which is probably the way to play Nick Knapp because he's probably going to win the hit-outs anyway. He's so good. And he's in such a ridiculous... When he's in this kind of form, you may as well go hard. And I thought he was good. Yeah. I like Draper. I actually think he's a really good player to watch. I think Essendon have found somebody. Um, they were struggling with rucks for some time. Obviously, it was always like Ryder, Bell Chambers, Bell Chambers, Ryder. What do we do? I think they've actually found a, a good quality key. He's a big boy, um, and he looks like he can move around the ground. He's getting getting better. Obviously, he got hammered um, um, you know, against Geelong, who don't really have much of a ruckman, but you know what I mean. Like He'll, he'll get better. He'll be okay. Yeah, once he, once he gets a... Um the trade of being a ruck down. I think I love his aggression and his physicality that he brings. Um, he's got a high energy level, it looks as well. So yeah. he encourages those around him, obviously with the mids. They've got a very um, quick and nimble midfield. I think he really helps um, bring them into the game. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing his development uh, over the next year or year or two, if he can continue just to, to work on his... Uh, rucking skills um, approach, some of those Essendon greats, I, I guess, or anyone he knows that uh, has retired that was a was a really good ruckman, just 
knowing where how to tap a little bit better, um, how to move around the ground and position himself because he's got everything else, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, he knew how to uh, try and counteract Nick Nat's influence by um, getting physical with yeah. him. So no, he's been he's been good, and there's some I mean there's some positives that come out of Essen every week. Um, just happen to be the same positives as the deficiencies. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean. Your McGraths and your Merritts and your, that midfield can tend to continue to rack up a lot of possession and, and get the ball forward, but then it falls down. And even the, the halfbacks, I mean, Ridley, I think, has been absolute super. He, he'll go very close to um, McGrath in the BNF at Essen. I think McGrath sewn it up a little while ago. Um, that's how good his season has been. So it's been really lively. Obviously, Hooker and Hurley are both pretty elite key defenders. Uh, it's just getting that forward structure right um, for for Essen, which has been an ongoing conversation for the best part of two or three years now. The Eagles, like just so it's clear as well for people that didn't see the game, the Eagles were not great. Um, the game ended 9-6 to 6-9, so it basically came down to accuracy in the end. Um, the other thing to mention, of course, McGrath and Devin Smith both injured. Um, so that obviously doesn't help. And then some errors as well for Merritt late probably didn't help either. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, it's a funny old game. Like I, I, I think Essendon clearly are a step off and the Eagles I'm, I'm very concerned by going into finals. Um, they definitely didn't deserve that top four position. I, I can't see them getting it now. Um, no. I just think like little things like obviously, you know, before we've got to keep going, but like you know, you look at Dan. Obviously, Danaher's misses. Like you look at that and think, oh, that's unforgivable. And some of them were, were very poor. But even simple things like uh, consistently, the Don's forward line, and they have they've not played enough together. I get that, but like the Don's forward line need to block and protect space and and zone for each other a lot better. Consistently, that's that's just not there. It's just the maturity of the group. Um, yeah, I isn't agree. there? And you know, you look at look at. Um, uh, Tib and Woody um, tweeted after the game, just gone the Geelong game, saying, oh, you know, he must have been abused on social media and luckily it wasn't racist, but obviously you should, you still shouldn't abuse people. But he came out and, and said, oh, look, I'm sorry for letting everyone down. Um, I was just, we're, it's coaching instruction to get people involved in the game. So that was the thing with um, Mozzie where he hand-passed to him like 15 metres out from goal and then it resulted in, a, in an error, but... They need to work more together. They need. To, I get that's probably hurt hurt Essendon's um, list more than a few. Not every team. It's not a complete excuse, but not being able to train together has probably really hurt their side. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's weird that uh, tells you the type of uh, bloke he is and player that Tipper has to come out and apologise. It should um, have, he's, yeah. again. Been, he's been super consistent for yeah. for Essendon all year. Yeah. He shouldn't have to apologise. Absolutely, 100%. I, I, yeah, don't think that at all. Um, but again, like this is a often criticism of Essendon. Um, too much emphasis on, on offence and, and not enough emphasis on defence and too slow to get back and defend. So I think yeah. fitness is still is still a bit of a concern. Um, but yeah, knowing when to switch is such a key um, thing in the current game. But Junk time goals as well. Like, that's a thing. Like, as I said before, like, you know, they've got to get much better at playing to the siren. Like, we got shorter quarters as well. Like, you know, back end, if you look at the where the goals are um, for the Eagles, a lot of it's in junk time. So it's, um, yeah, not great. And 
Yeah, it's so funny. Like Dons will be really attacking and daring, and then five minutes later they'll be really conservative. Like I, I know like I'm asking them to also have that balance, but at the same time I think they go a bit too conservative, and then I think they go a bit too daring. So I think that probably yeah. both ends need Coming to be pulled back a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think both Coming ends. That part's quite right. Yeah, and the timing. You went and I, I agree. You, you look at. I mean, John's probably the best example of a team that just knows when to put the oh. foot to the floor and for how long. Yeah. Um, and then when they see just the slightest notion that the opposition's getting on top, they pull back. And they know that probably, yeah. Sometimes it'll be two or three minutes, maybe or five. Sometimes it's for a quarter just to re- regain momentum. And once they get momentum again, then they're like, okay, let's put our system back in play. And off we go again. So, yeah. And they know the lever as well. Like, whereas I think, you know, Essendon sometimes will defend as if they're playing Melbourne at their worst, like where they're just switches yeah. hats and you don't really need to defend that hard. You don't need to run back that hard because they're just playing playing hats. But then at the same time, they'll play offense as though they're, you know, 10 goals in front. Like, I, I just think that's got to, there's got to be that middle ground and getting a feel yeah. for where the game's at. But anyway, um, that's a, it's a longer discussion, which we can go over in the season yeah. season reviews. But, yeah, Eagles, um, they had to get that win. But, wow, so after the next loss, though, I, I think um, in the end. I mean, look, it keeps them definitely in touch with the eight, so they had to win it. But had they won the two games that we'll talk about, um, it would have made it pretty difficult for Richmond. Um, and then, so Richmond, speaking of Richmond Frio, um, 56 to 29, uh, Richmond by 27 points at uh, Metricon. Just too much experience. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not yeah. a lot to discuss out of this game. Obviously, Freo out of the, the mix, they had to win this game. Um, yeah, they, they can't come back now. So Grimes, it's just what, what a... I mean, this is the thing. When you've got a situation where Grimes out brought in, like, you know, a multi-premiership player comes in for a premiership player, it's uh, pretty pretty impressive. Um, yes, yeah, luxury. Yeah, they they look uh, Hardwick baked them um, as well. This was the last game they had going into their their um, their nine day break, um, which we'll get into in a second in terms of what happened after that. But um, you know, half time was four three to one two Frio. You know, obviously offensively were horrible. Um, three quarter time uh, four four to three four. So they only kicked a point in the third quarter. Um, so it was very, very, very poor quarter. I think they thought they could just, you know, just play it out. Who cares, you know? But Freo are a better side than that, and then they let them in, and um, and yeah, he baked them at three quarter time, and and they came out and finished with eight, eight, and four, five. So they defended well, only um, conceding one goal, one, um, and then obviously maximising. They probably should have been a lot further than that. A few very easy misses. But, um, yeah, look, Arts, again, very impressive. Bolter looks great. I can't wait to see those two guys um, in finals and up against some of the, the better teams because they both look fantastic. It's going to be very interesting to see how, how they look stretched. Um, I thought Conker did a really good job on Dusty. I know Dusty was definitely in need of a break. Um, he didn't have the greatest game. Uh, he looked a bit tired. So he's, he definitely, a bit older as well, definitely needed the, the break. Um, yep. But at the same time, I still think Conker did a really good job. Obviously, ex Richmond knows his game inside out. Would have played on him hundreds of times. He played a lot of games at Richmond. Would have literally played hundreds of times in drills um, at Punt Road. So yeah, he absolutely exposed any weaknesses. So I think there'll be a lot of teams that will watch that. Uh, even though Dusty was a bit off, there'll be teams that will watch that and see whether they can get any any edge or any ideas. I. I 
it's hard not being at the game. I didn't pick up any specific things that he did. Um, obviously, niggling a lot of the physicality on him and distracting him and things like that. But I don't. I, it's hard, obviously, not being at the game. But clearly, if you can get a tape of that, if you're a, uh, a top side, I think would be would be very worth watching. Um, oh, absolutely. Any any yeah. any vintage that you can drag away from someone like Martin when it comes to a game. Yeah. Uh, to add some spark to your own team is yeah. definitely advantageous, even if it's just for the these uh, younger teams like Freo. I mean, I'll watch this tape probably multiple times for development more than anything else. It's not about the next time they, they probably go up against Richmond because Richmond, obviously, if they can keep this group or the majority of this group together, they're going to be fairly competitive for the next two or three years. Yeah. More about yeah, just nullifying um, that influence of some of these players like your Martins, and then see if it can work on a on a danger field or, or um, a Shuey or some of these really really elite players in the AFL um, for these younger teams. So yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I've been super impressed by by Freeman on what they've um, brought to the table all year. I guess like any other season though, young teams and inexperienced teams just tend to start to fold at this time of year when it's coming to a close because yeah. the bodies just haven't had enough experience to the rigours of AFL and obviously everyone's in the same boat this year with the amount of travel and all that type of stuff. So um, the younger players um, get, get even more exposed to that yeah. um, fatigue because they haven't got their natural normal surrounds around them. But, yeah, I think Richmond just in this game thought it would happen um, – it was a very defensive, heavy game. Was optically not great at all, really. Uh, had a few interesting things, but wasn't great to look at. Um, I thought Luke Ryan had a good game to pivot to Freo. Um, you know, Brayshaw was okay. Uh, Sarong was very good again. Sarong, fantastic. I, I think he's still a real chance of winning the Rising Star. Um, Akers, yeah. I thought, was impressive as well. Um, but, yeah, no, not, not a lot to take out that we haven't already mentioned about Freo all year. Um, they were kind of owning the clearances at times, which was impressive. I think that I think they've got a really good group there. Um, they were controlling the marks and, and trying to keep it in the air. And they were doing a lot of things that you want to do against Richmond, you know, but it, it's it's just hard. One thing I did want to talk about, because we haven't really spoken about him much at all, um, obviously, you know, everyone's in hunt. Well, not everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but quite a lot of teams are in hunt for forwards. What, what do you what do you do with Jesse Hogan? So like Jesse Hogan's he's still there. He played in this game. That's why I thought we could have a brief discussion on him. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. I mean obviously McCarthy's they've gotten rid of McCarthy. It's he's a bit linked to a few clubs, but I don't, I don't know. Um, supposedly Hogan to be open to a um, a trade. Um, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Do you think Frio persist and 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 it's so hard. We've seen virtually none of him. He was okay. I mean, I, I, what did you think of his game? Like he seemed a bit lost at sea at times. Which I mean, he hasn't played for so long. So yeah, and he he needs he needs time. Mm. Um, still, when he when he was at Melbourne, when he had lengthy periods off with injury, he didn't he doesn't naturally come back knowing how to find space and take marks and and be elusive and, and kick goals. So. If I'm if I'm Fremantle, I mean, yeah, especially with um, McCarthy going, you, you have to persist unless unless you get a better option, a like for like that he's a younger forward um, that you can trade for. 
which I doubt. Normally teams that have got a, a key young forward with potential are going to offload unless um, they're really desperate uh, yeah. for a, match, a potential match point. And that's the thing. Hogan hasn't played his best football for about three years now. So let's use Brisbane, for example, because they're in a uh, window of premiership um, success if they can get things right in the forward line. Would Jesse Hogan answer those uh, questions that a lot of us have got on Brisbane at the moment? Yeah, if you can get in Melbourne from three years ago, Jesse Hogan, not current Jesse Hogan. Um, you're better off keeping your... Um, Hitwoods and, and whatnot, and hopefully that they can just straighten up and kick more accurately. So yeah, it's a tough one. If I was free, I would, unless it's a, 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 a ridiculous offer um, that's too hard to refuse. And I mean, getting a twenty-two or twenty-three year old key forward that's got the upside of one of the king boys, which I don't think there's many of them around. No. He might as well stick with Hogan, and, and, and hopefully he can get near his best again and get, get his body right. Yeah, it's a free or a funny one because, again, I think they're a team that's caught in no man's land in terms of their build. Um, you know, five, and anyway, we better keep moving, but Fremantle, I'm looking forward to discussing at the end of the year in our season reviews. The next game, um, we're going to have to get the bat out for this one. Um, Sydney, Melbourne, 67 to 46. Sydney by 21 points. Um, in our tipping comp, there actually were a couple of people that went for Sydney and I was like, oh, you're crazy. Like, Mel- Melbourne have to win this game. Like, it, But it was such a Melbourne thing to do. You know, I should have seen it coming. Yeah. We should really... Oh, we should Yeah, we should all have seen this. Um, we'll start with Sydney and then we'll get the bat out. Um, I thought, um, yeah, look, they, they look good. Great group of kids. Um, a couple of terrible misses. They probably should have won by a lot more. Um with Sydney missing so many players, like to, to you know, really destroy, really. It should have been a destruction. Um, yeah. The, the thing that kind of held back a, uh, what would have been a 40, 50-point win, um, partially were the conditions, obviously very low stadium um, where it was uh, at, um, what's his name, Kazali. So no, wind, um, it was, and it was, I'm not, not like, you know, everyone's always like the Jew and all these like weird comments about conditions. It actually legitimately, there's quite a lot of wind. Um, but they dealt with the conditions so much better. Um, yeah, look, I, good game. I mean, obviously I, I, we've said all along, I think they've been way better than a lot of people thought that they would be this year. Um, I had them at 16th. Um, I know they're not really that far away from that on the ladder They're at 15th, but like they have been good in some games. Uh, I, I think, um, they've got so many key pillars out, and yet they've they've delivered time and time again. You know, through pieces of the season, that's all you can expect as a, as a Swans fan, I reckon. Um, and Kennedy was good, Lloyd Parker. You know, some of the usuals, of course, but even like Thurlow's game, yeah. I was impressed with um, Dawson uh, McInerney. They found another another one in in him. Um, yep, Malikin continues to evolve as yeah. a key defender. Like, look, yeah, they, they they look really good. Like I'd, it would be would have been interesting to see how this team went without the key injuries that they they've had this year. Because yeah. um, in hindsight, they probably would have been knocking on the door of finals. Well, based on what thing. we've seen. Yeah, I mean, like uh, this is a very you know pipe dream rabbit hole scenario. But let's yeah. say. Let's say, no, 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 but let's go the whole way. Let's say you've got a fit buddy, you've got 
um, you know, a lot of the elements that are out and they're up and fit. Yeah, he doesn't lose weeks with injury. Yeah, all of a sudden they have a good run of luck. I mean, all of a sudden they would be knocking on the door of the eight. That would be another team that would be on on the edge. So if they do well in the offseason, if they do get Danaher, um, if something like that does happen and, and he does play at his peak or, you know, they there's, there are other players that are rumoured to be going there, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I if I'm if I'm on the edge as a as a player um, and thinking I, I might get a better run of luck at another side, if I could fit into that Sydney team, I'd be pretty excited because I think they've got a really good group. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've spoken about this at length. Let's get the bat out. Um, I mean, like they, li- I mean Melbourne literally gave up. Like I, I I don't think I've ever really stated that about a game that I've watched. Um, there was about three or four minutes left before half time, and they literally gave up. They started walking instead of running. They started staring instead of focusing. It, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, is this the most soulless club you've ever seen in your entire life? It, like Adelaide have been bad, and there's been so much drama in the background, and you use them for um, parts of the uh, reasons why they're struggling at the moment. Melbourne hasn't. All Melbourne has done is bringing big name players, yeah. high draft picks, and no result for it. Well, they to me, to me, they are now. And if they miss out on finals again, I think you've really got to put it there. To me, they are the New York Knicks of the AFL. Like they are this big franchise that, if they had everything together, they would be a huge part of the financial success of the league. Um, obviously both sports are healthy, so it doesn't rely on that, but they've got this, this hidden, you know, through the woodwork, you know, fan base that, that is year on year is just getting more, smaller and smaller. And it's an embarrassing thing almost to state that you're a fan of the franchise or team in this case. Like, honestly, that's the best comparison for me. Um, cause it, 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 they are an embarrassing football side once again, all, all the Darren Burgess stuff, all that physicality has done nothing, really. Um, I mean, how desperate are you when they've got forwards, they've got an offensive structure that, that should be working a hell of a lot better than it is, and they put May forward because he's one of the very few players that's actually in form. I mean, how embarrassing can it get? I mean, that's where they're at. It's like, oh, we've got a backline player that's playing okay. That's I know as a junior, he plays a forward. It's like, are you, are you joking? Like, that's where they're at. I mean, it is shocking how bad they are. Like, Nathan Jones looks shot. I mean, I think he's definitely got um, that injury still, um, I think, yep. clearly a problem. But um, Gorn still, like, I know we talk a bit about this with Dangerfield, but to his credit, Dangerfield did get some set shots just gone in, in the Essendon game, and obviously he's, the pressure on him is significantly less. But, you know, again, Gorn with just appalling misses at goal, like just absolutely appalling. When you've got uh, a younger Marcus Bontempelli kicks a goal 52, 53 metres out to put his team in front, uh, I don't know, and then you've got Gorn directly in front, 40 out. I know there was wind, but like just disgraceful miss. Um, yeah. it, it's just shocking how bad they are. They look tired. They look disinterested. I just don't. I just it's 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 just incredible. Like I just can't believe this is still going. Um, their structures are bad. Again, um, terrible zoning once again. That same old crap. Um, terrible structures at exit 
of zone every almost all, like on a regular basis. Like they they're just it's, it's shocking. Um, and and you look at some of their players. Like I mean, Wiedemann didn't really get that much opportunity. He he wasn't great, obviously. You know, two touches. He had the lowest rankings basically for the game. But um, he had very terrible opportunities. The entries were horrendous. Um, Melksham couldn't work his way into the game at all. Um, I don't know. Like, where do you even start? Like, oh, it's just, yeah, just embarrassing. Fritsch as well, not really much damage on the game. I mean, they've still got... It was one of those games that highlighted, again, have they still got the same Viney um, Brayshaw problem, which is this constant theory that... Because these two guys play similar roles, you know, just should, would they be better off just trading um, Brayshaw and or Viney? But you would think not, not and, but or I don't, I don't know. Like, but you look at that list, and there are some pretty good players there. I mean, even Petrarca was down as well. Not he, he was okay, but you know, Langdon I thought was good. Um, Oliver was fine. Harms, you know, Tomlinson. But aside from that, like a lot of them were, were really, really poor once again. Players like Neil Bullen, like what? What? Where is he fitting into this? Like, I, I think know. I think they do have to go to uh, the trade. I think they have to be fairly active this trade period coming up. Uh, there's too many like players. They've got to be really honest in the um, coaching panel uh, and recruiting panel, and we'll look at group all the players that are similar to each other and find the imbalances and, and bring in players that might not be as skilled or as high profile where they can or find themselves in a position to, to do it via the draft and 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 be willing to offload a, a, a Viney or a, um, a, or a Oliver or one of these top players. Uh, it might just be what they need to bring success to the club. I think they get a couple of second-round picks for Brayshaw. I mean, I think that's that's possible. He's a good player. Um, you know, if you could get him to go to North, North have got a lot of picks. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, yeah, it's a disaster. I, I, yeah, I, I just can't see how keeping this team and list as it is brings success next year or the year before. It's not doing it I now. Agree. What, what, what makes anyone think within the, the, the four walls of the Melbourne Football Club that things will change this time next year, I, I just can't see it. I mean, yeah, they took a, a punt on uh, Langdon and Tomlinson. They might improve with another year in the system, but that speed that supposedly they're meant to bring to to this club hasn't um, come to fruition, which is just bizarre. Yeah, and if it wasn't for May being in okay form, they would have got smashed even harder as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we'll get into Melbourne at the end of the year. But it's embarrassing that they're in this position once again. Um, <clears throat> it's just it's become so ridiculous, really. Um, and then so next game, and this is a bad game. Um, Giants versus the Blues. So this was a, this was a bad Giants who won, a bad team won, and. Against a disgraceful Carlton, like this is the worst performance. Like this was so disappointing. Like GWS are in bad form; they should really miss the eight. You'd think they will now, or there's definitely a chance of that that happening. Um, this was ripe for the taking, and um, Carlton at their best should win this game by you know three or four goals. Um, so Giants six twelve in the end, uh, horrific accuracy to um, five goals nine. Also, uh, well under 50% accuracy as well. 
Yeah, this was this was yeah. such a this was an unwatchable game. It was so bad. So unwatchable. Both teams looked disinterested and went, you know what? I don't want to play finals this year. Don't really care. That was the attitude that I, that I saw come on the screen from both clubs. Um, it was up until the weekend, probably one of the worst games of football I've endured I all year. Haynes was probably the best player on the ground. I thought Walsh was really good for Carlton. Um, yeah. Martin was okay. Doherty, I thought, was good. Um, Murphy was okay. Um, but uh, Cripps was way down. Um Anyway, so we'll get we'll do the Giants first. Um, this how can this team play finals? They're getting scrappy, bullshit, rubbish wins. Like I know they are winning some games, but they're getting very, very scrappy. You know, cling to the edge wins. It, it just seems this this team, um, I, like if, if they make finals, they're going to get belted. Like I just don't. This is going to be like what if Melbourne were to sneak in? Like it's just yeah, it, 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 it's a weird one. Um... If, let's say they play finals. If yeah. they get themselves in a position where it's a scrap, I have that confidence. Yes, mm. I just can't see them. I mean, there's a the the closer we get to finals, the bigger that gap from the top four, and everyone else becomes probably the worst. Yeah, probably. I mean, this is this was the worst kicking I've seen. I think almost in an AFL game. I mean, errors versus errors. Oh. I mean, it was literally errors versus errors. Um, so how about this for a statistic? There is there was one goal for forty two inside fifties for Carlton. One goal. That's one it. Forty two insides for a goal. I mean the the conversions are horrific. Like wh- how like he like someone like McGovern. Like what is going on? Like this guy, he. I mean like again he, he kind of epitomizes Carlton. Like he has he's the gap between his best and his worst is. Outrageous! Like it just should—you shouldn't be seeing this at a no, at AFL level. I see to get his hands on the ball, get himself in great position, and he's kicking lets him down. I, I, and I still like so Brian Taylor, Sam Newman, all these ex-footballers that commentate on it. They're astounded that there's actually no goal kicking done during training. Oh yeah, well and that's it's, and it's the worst blight on our game at the moment. I don't care what the umpire decisions are and this and that. At the end of the day, if a team can't kick goals, especially key forwards or any forward, set sites 40 metres out. If they can't kick them, why are they playing in that position? Yeah, well, this is this is something we've been saying since we started the podcast. And it's not – not it's a lot of people talk about it. It, it. They do do some practice, but nowhere near enough. And we, we spoke to Sam Wiedemann about it. Um, at Melbourne, and he, he, the amount of practice that he describes sounds nowhere near enough, which le- which means that it's left up a lot to the player in their own spare time, which, you know, a lot of them don't care, seemingly. I, I don't know. Or they're not, they're, it's just not translating to game. I mean, yeah. Put that perspective, um, you and I unashamedly like to compare what happens in the NBA to, to our sport here, AFL, AFLW, AFL and AFLW. Well, both, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the players in the NBA that get paid big dollars because of their scoring ability spend infinite amount of time outside of training shooting the ball. Curry goes to games an hour ahead of time, just shooting, an yeah. hour ahead of time. Yeah. That's Curry. Um, Jordan did it. Um, I can guarantee uh, James Arden does it. All, all, all these guys, scorers, they train, and then because they get paid 
to score, shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And when they're bored, they'll shoot some more. When they're fatigued, they'll shoot so that they know that they can score down the final stretch when it comes to big game, all that type of stuff. And I just think as if I was a key forward or a small forward for an AFL club and I'm even if I'm only on a hundred thousand, I'm getting paid a hundred thousand dollars a year to play a sport I love to kick goals. Yeah. I'm gonna spend all my spare time in goals. Yeah, I mean yeah. Um at, like I don't know. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I, I just I just any other job in the world where you're failing time and time again, you don't keep it. Cameron was a disgrace in this game again as well. Um, he, so he, he doesn't chase. He's he, disinterested. Yeah. Well, well let, let's do the Giants. So, I, I mean, like how is he on that kind of money firstly? But secondly, I know from previous form, but how in that like just as an exclamation how. But also like, you know, should Geelong be offering this guy a big contract? I, I don't think so at all. Like I, not with looking at that. I mean, he, he is in terrible form. And you, you, for them, I'd be backing Riccardi for sure if I'm the Giants. Yeah, look, I agree. I, it, was, it was funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask you. I mean, if you were an opposition coach looking at someone like Jeremy Cameron, would you bother if that's the type of I don't know. effort and, and sort of mindset he's bringing in, into a game? Like, the finals are on the, um, on the line here. Yeah, and they got the four points, but it was – Unconvincing. Imagine they had a one by about eighty points. Well, he is. Then all of a sudden, yeah. then all of a sudden, well, everyone's up and about, and, and the rest of the season looks a bit easier. But now, every game looks tough for the Giants. He is a shadow of the player that he was, and he's so out of form. It's not even funny. Um, but yeah, we, we speak about this every week. But Haynes, fantastic. Uh, Perryman, yeah. Hill, um, also quite good. But, um, yeah, this was a disgraceful game, but we had to talk a bit about Carlton. Um, yeah, and then the other thing, just a quick note as well. I mean, like David Teague looks, I don't know what's going on, but he looks so burnt out, it's not funny. So I, it looks like it's taken its toll on him. He looked cooked yeah. at the end of the game. Does, and he was a bit snappy with the media he, as well. Yeah, he barely had a back um, on his opinion about his team and where they're at. I oh, know it was refreshing, but you can see yeah. that. The first-year coaches are no different to first-year players. It, it, it builds and the fatigue sets in and it becomes very uh, tough and a bit of a strain. It was disappointing for him, though. Um, and then, so next game, um, Lions uh, versus Collingwood. This was another pretty average game. I mean, I think it had some moments. It was It's crazy that a game 42 to 34 was okay. Um, but it, it actually it was okay. It wasn't great. It was still disappointing given these two teams... Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the same issues though. So, I mean, we'll, we'll start with Brisbane, but again, like, you know, Brisbane really need to get back and defend. Um, it's funny. They almost have the reverse problem with than the Eagles. The Eagles try and try and the forwards try and do it too much. Whereas I think Brisbane probably don't do it enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, it's a strange game. Like Barry, I thought was fantastic as in, um, Jared, um, look, you know, obviously the, the injury to Harris Andrews, which, you know, now they're saying he's out for six weeks, which is huge. Like that's, that's puts him well, well into the season. Um, he'd be, you know, maybe coming back for a grand final. So that's, that is not good. But, um, Barry and Neil in the center, just, I think they read the Grundy taps better. They lost the hit outs, Brisbane, and they just read the taps better than, um, Collingwood. So um, Oscar McInerney, I think, did well though. To be fair, on on Grundy, um, but I thought I thought uh, I, 
around the ground, he had the better of Grundy personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, think Grundy, I think Grundy's somewhat struggled this year. I think it's been yeah. a, a long season for him. He's started to look pretty tired. Yeah, um, Lions' overlap run was much better as well, um, but like. There were passages where Brisbane started to get their set shots right, um, but they still finished. It. I mean, Solo scoring six six to five four, like it's basically it's like an NRL score, like it's so low. Um, but anyway, so like I, I into the pies. I mean, they've got to play on when when they've got the chances to play on Collingwood. Sorry, you go go. Oh, this is one more thing on Brisbane. I think they can suffer from not knowing when. Oh, changing the momentum of the game as well. And I think it was pretty evident in this game. They, they sort of went attacking when they probably should have held back, held back when a little bit too long and, and played a, a bit too much defensive when really coming up against a, a Collingwood side that's still missing a lot of key components, they could have attacked right from the get-go. So, yeah. Uh, look, it is what it is, but I just—I I found that this in this game in particular uh, that Brisbane yeah. had, had lost some of that ability to control the the tempo of the game, like we'd seen in the first, in particular the first half of this year. They just need to take more time with their entries as well. Brisbane are just too quick to, yeah, to play on. Dropping your eyes, just being a, a bit cleaner with forward entries as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the intensity built; it got better towards the end. But to be honest, like I actually think I enjoyed the subplot of um, Maynard versus um, Robinson more than the game because that was great. Like I, I, I really, <laughs> that was great. It was yeah. great, and that was like old, very old school football. Like it was really good to watch. Um, it was a legitimate battle. Um, yeah, that was fantastic. But efficiency going inside fifty from a lot, both teams really in the first three quarters, particularly, was was very bad. Um, but uh, how do you read this game? Like. Brisbane are still a lot of the same issues and Collingwood, it looks like now they're going to get by finals Trelaw, Dugowie, I know we're looking forward, but Trelaw, Dugowie and um, Howe um, by midway through or early way through the finals if they can get there. Um, it looks like they probably will. Um, but, yeah, there's still other elements of their game. I know that's going to obviously help them massively. But decision-making, bad at times. Um, they need to be more assertive as well with the umpires. So it was really interesting. Like, Brisbane were really good. Uh, sorry, Collingwood were quite good at um, pushing the set shots a lot further forward, uh, as in towards the the their the pies oppositional end. So that because yeah. they, the, the kick, the, like, the reality is the set shots from Brisbane have been horrible. So um, I thought... Um, Collingwood at times, particularly early on, were, were really good at like, no, nah, no, nah, that's where the mark is. But I think like there was a few times where they could have probably pushed it further. So I think, yeah, that that's probably something to watch as well for Collingwood. Um, Majacek, you know, obviously lost it late. He had the chance to um, to probably ice the game and that, that didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it is so hard to over... I don't want to overanalyze some of these games because they have played in pretty quick succession as well. Um I mean, I thought Hipwood did a good job on Darcy Moore. Um, Darcy Moore was good, but probably didn't have as much influence as he has in some games. Um, no. But Pye is only nine shots on goal for the amount of it. What did they get in the end in terms of inside 50s? They had heaps. So inside 50s, not marks, inside 50s, where am I? It said 41 inside 50s for nine, nine shots. That's terrible. Like, terrible. so, yeah. 
I thought John Noble had a good game. I like the Pies kids. They need, obviously need to sign Dacos, but I'm sure they will. Um, yeah, look, the Pies kids look look good. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, to be honest, a lot of the same deficiencies from both teams. I'm not sure what we really take away from this. We kind of walk away from this just knowing what we knew already, maybe a bit more. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I agree, Brisbane. Uh, at this stage, you're a slightly better better team, and that and that showed. Yeah, still got four deficiencies, and Collingwood um, just getting their structures right at the moment. It, it seems to be hard. Uh, their forward structures worse than um, Brisbane's as well. Yeah, um, Cox still hasn't been able to assert himself in games. He has massive height advantage over everyone, especially once Andrews went down. Yeah. Jane Steve looks so out of sorts at the moment. Um, doesn't know whether he's Arthur or Martha. And yeah, my check. I I don't know. Again, I don't I don't know what to expect. Like one week he's gonna look like he's te- gonna tear a game open and then like in this game he's had a kind of game, an almost game, as they Which like to call. So. He has all the time. That's the problem. He has almost games all the time. So it becomes yeah. a he's he's just a very almost player. He's, yeah, he's not a bad set shot, but he, he just can't assert himself into the game. And he's like twelve foot nine. It's just it's it's the most bizarre scenario. Yeah, um, it's bizarre. And again, way too much reliance on penalty taking the reins on and, and oh yeah. He came into into a position to win. Uh, I mean, he obviously thrives in it, but you're not going to win finals no. um, by that type of reliance on someone um, all the time. Well, they were recently. They've been heavily reliant on, on Taylor Adams too, and that look when you know. Let's hope side bottom and those kind of guys come back because that'll make a bit of a difference. But at the same time, oh yeah. Um, look, it had a good end, but not not a great game. I didn't really pick up too much more out of this game than I would have um, not having seen it. Um, I don't know. Like, it's basically all the same thing. Good for Brisbane. Keeps them in touch with the four pies. You know, it doesn't hurt their percentage too much, which they really needed to keep probably at a decent level. Um, yeah. But they could absolutely have won this game. Another one other thing to know, I, I, I have forgotten the, the players. Um, but uh, Brisbane, again, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, need to... Um, we spoke about needing to watch the discipline um, on the ground, but again, um, they gave a fifty away, and there should have been another. There actually should have been a double fifty, which would have been a certain pie goal. So, yeah, yep. just little things like that. They've got to they've got to be careful of. Um, but yeah, I, aside from that, I don't really reckon there's too much more to take out of the game. And then in round sixteen, um, so Port Adelaide versus North in in a absolutely horrible game as well. Um, Really awful. I mean, what what do you take out of this? I mean, it's first versus seventeenth. I'm pretty happy to move past this game. Really, like again, all the same efficiencies, yeah, differences I, I, with I, I Port. Take, I take zero out of this game. Literally zero. Uh, Port Adelaide obviously kept in third, or might have gone into fourth gear here and there. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, and and took care of uh, a team that is second bottom for a reason. Just don't know where they're at. Um, can constantly feel like the outside noise distracts them from playing any type of reasonable football. Yeah, yeah. Port Adelaide are a very good team. North Melbourne have no no identity, and again, we didn't see what they stood for in this game. No, we've spoken about that a fair bit as well. Um, yeah, not 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 great. 
Um, another rebuild again, seemingly for North, which seems embarrassing. Again, similar to Melbourne, it just sort of keeps perpetually going, uh, even Essendon to some degree now as well. But Port, yeah, I mean, all the same things that have been good about them all year, more of that again. Um, I think we keep moving. Um, Saints. Yeah, good. Just on Port, though, like, yeah. great for the club to have Dixon yeah. and uh, Pal Pepper re sign extensions. So That's true, yeah. They've pretty much, pretty much sewn up their, their, their list that it is now for next year, which is uh, a, a credit to everyone involved at Port Adelaide. You still think it sounds like Ollie Wines will get offers to leave, but. I don't know. Be interesting to see whether he stays or not. Um, yeah, he's still he's still under he contract, but hey, he's he's going pretty, sounded pretty happy post game about yeah. um, being part of that club for for the near future. I think it's going to be much harder to get him now, um, given the yeah. given how good they look. Um, I still think they're not. It's still the only thing I will say. Again, we we're repeating ourselves a little bit, but it's still. Um, they're still not bashing teams and I think like a team that's top of the ladder I know they've won a lot of games they're not scrapping them like the Giants but they're they're not convincingly winning them and against a pretty average side they sh- this should really have been a lot bigger uh, margin I agree the end. yeah it's, it's still the, the apprehension I have about them come finals against the other big clubs 11-12 final score so that's a lot of points um, that should have been converted there's a few out in the full as well so Lucky they don't need percentage. Um, although maybe they, although it doesn't really make a difference in terms of whether you finish first or second. It depends on who you play, obviously. But um, Geelong, with that huge win against Essendon, now have a big all, all year. Port have had the healthiest percentage, but now Geelong have got it. So that that might be. I don't. I, don't, I think. I, don't, I think Port are going to hold on to that. They only need one more win, and then they've got it. Um, the top spot, and then Saints Hawks. Interesting game. Um, this was really good. The first quarter was great. It was one of the better games for a little while. Um, yeah, the first quarter was exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought, oh, we're going to have a, a double hundred point game here. Uh, look out. AFL won't know what to do with uh, a combined score over 200, but it didn't eventuate. No. I mean, it, uh, it did fall away. I mean, in the, to put into perspective, so the second quarter, one goal. One goal. That's it. Yeah. So it. Nine goals and then one. No, no, av- no average across. Like it was just really good start, and then it kind of fell away, and then a good end. Um, Hawks were spreading really well early. They were in front. Um, they led. Did they lead at the break? Maybe just yeah, five one to four four. Um, yeah, look, I mean, close most of the way. Um, Saints could really have pushed the lead further away on multiple occasions. Um, you know, Hawthorne so many misses late. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, although Cousins was good. Well, so let's do we'll do the Saints. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 good to see the Saints fight through a game, and you know I know so many inside fifties for pretty little reward at times, but they still did fight through um, a team that was pushing them to the limit. Um, yeah, 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 great, good signs again. Saints are a, a young side, um, and obviously repeating myself here, they've brought in a lot of new players, so they're bound to find themselves in situations like this from time to time and to be able to pull themselves out of it is, is, is a great sign because in years gone by, and I'm not just talking about St. Kilda, there's lots of clubs that we could talk about, they would fold under that pressure even if it was from a team that sits below them on the ladder. So, yeah, yeah really pleasing. Uh, some really continued good signs from the likes of um, Butler and Steele, and uh, Billings uh, worked himself into the game 
as well. I thought I was pretty impressed with his second half. Uh, it was pretty quiet in the first. But, yeah, there's lots to like about the Saints. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't expose Hawthorne with their speed earlier, um, but that might have just been the pressure that Hawthorne brought to the game in yeah. the start. Marshall, I thought, you know, is much improved. I really like Marshall at, at um, the same. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, he's really good as well. Yeah, a lot a lot of the same usual suspects. Um, Loney, I haven't actually really looked at the stats of this game. I kind of just sat and watched it. But um, Battle, I mm-hmm. thought, was good as well. Um, uh, Caulfield, obviously, again, yeah, all, all the kind of usual suspects that have been good this year. I thought Hill was better. That's probably something to comment on. He had a pretty poor space for a while there, but I thought Hill was better. Um, what did you think of his game? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, obviously, he's always, I mean, he spent a bit of time at Fremantle, but I think a lot of people are always going to compare Brother Hill from his Hawthorne days to where he is now. I think his defensive component has has gone to the next level and I guess that's a result of being under Ross Lyon at Fremantle. So while we won't not see him like dash along the wing and, and see these huge inside um, 50s, uh, he, he he just moves a, a lot and general, he's a bit of a general across that halfback and, and across the wings. I really, yeah, I really enjoy watching him play. I've always had he's one of those players that has a natural sense for the game. Uh, he's when he was young, his his disposals were pretty pretty raw and, and, and a little bit skewy. And we saw that with um, Will Day uh, for Hawthorne in this game, and they come though, but they've got a natural ability to yeah. read the play, um, which is exciting. So yeah, I was very impressed um, by by Hill, but yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Marshall, I think um, the Saints forward line is. <laughs> Super exciting for the next few years um, with him and King. So, well, just using the he's like with Hill. Sorry, just go back to him for a second. Using yeah, back, yeah, using absolutely. we're using his pace to his advantage. So often he uses his pace to get them in the wrong position. But this was this was much better. Um, but yeah, look, Saints obviously all, all the things we've said all year. Um, yeah, they, they're going to be well. They already are a good side, but they're going to be I think a properly good side in time, and they've still got some room in the cap as well. Um, yeah. And then, so, you know, that's that's obviously St Kilda. Warple, injury, good. That obviously didn't help. And they had the run on as well when he got injured. Um, I don't know the prognosis of that. Do you, has it come out yet how long he will be? I mean, I know it's the end of the season and they're not playing finals, obviously, but yeah, will be okay? Uh, after that, I haven't heard. I sort of, I didn't look today, but yeah, so it was collarbone or shoulder or whatever. It yeah. um, was pretty, pretty clear that he wouldn't take part. For the rest of the year, even if they were in finals, I think it'd be a struggle for him to to come back. But uh, yeah, pretty tough. I mean, tough for him more than anything. He was having a really good game, getting a lot of a lot of that uh, contested ball. I think he was leading all possession getters, and just when he's playing football like that, take just takes the pressure off Tom Mitchell. Yeah, to do that grunt work, and obviously Jake is not not there at the moment um, as well. So. Yeah, it was look not ideal. Um, he, he was having a good game, uh, and I guess the again when you you look at young teams, it just exposes another player into a position that they might not necessarily play. And I think Cousins um, took that on pretty well. I think Morris and Morrison also spent a little bit of time in the middle, uh, and it's just good exposure um, to see what it's like at the cold face. Yeah, I mean it's funny like. You know, it's still some of the same Hawthorne deficiencies, but just to different degrees. In the last game, 
obviously the the lack of scoring ability murdered them. Whereas this game, it still hurt them, but not as hard. Um, you know, Hawthorne kicked two goals, five in the fourth quarter. So um, that obviously that never them, helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Giving themselves opportunities helps, but you got to take those opportunities. That's the next. That's the next step. It's um, still those same problems. So I think I don't know. Yeah. Pat, Patton's not their solution going forward. So they, they're going to. I don't think so. They're going to need to. There's a lot of forwards on the market. So uh, as usual, I think Hawthorne will, will be in conversations because I think Clarko believes that going to the draft and is not a great idea, and particularly how um, you know compromised it is. I, I agree with him on that part. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, what what happens with Hawthorne in the off season. Um, but yeah, probably not too much more to take out of this game. A lot of the same things we kind of knew. Um, but yeah, as I think I said in the other game as well. But cousins, um, yeah, looks good. I, I quite like the Hawthorne kids, but um, yeah, they need to keep Jager obviously on the park, um, and they, and they massively need it. They they have got to recycle. Um, I'm not sure about Frawley whether he maybe gets another year, but like Poppy, obviously no. Um, Burgoyne, as hard as it is, I, I don't know whether he he goes on. Some of the, they're going to have to do a bit of recycling and then and then top up as well in terms of defence as well. So they probably need something on every line, which is the first time in a while where Hawthorne need a piece on each line. Normally we'd yeah. be like, oh, if they get into the midfield, that'd be great. Or uh, they pick up, I don't know, uh, a, a little Jake Lever or someone like that. I'm just throwing a name out there. But it's, you know, it, they're, they're, this is the first time I think they're going to need, probably going to take two or three trade periods to, to rebuild. Um, uh, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, and then the next game, um, in, in a complete busted ass, um, Geelong murder Essendon uh, should have been even harder. Really, one hundred eight to forty two, Cats by sixty six points. Awful now, game. This was, this was the most unwatchable game in the world when it comes to neutral supporting oh. football. The only reason I watched this is because I am a Hawthorne supporter, and when my team's not winning, the next best thing is seeing the Dons get murdered. I like I watching Geelong win. That yeah. it was a hundred point win. I like the Cats. They're one of my. They're probably my second I, I or third favorite team. Yeah. So I, I like. I, I, yeah. I, I I liked bits of it, but yeah, I was very distracted as well. Um, I couldn't really focus on it. But no, I couldn't focus on it. Yeah, I did no. watch it, but I couldn't focus on it. Yeah. Um, I think we were messaging as well. Like I it was just you couldn't you couldn't really focus. On it. I mean, Cats speed and spread so much more efficient. Um, embarrassing. Defensive effort from Essendon um, just pulls apart, like not even in the same ballpark. Um, you know, first of all, I was saying after the game, there's three years more experience, try 10 years, really. I mean, it wasn't, if you want to throw years out, I mean, it was, you know, given the quality of the entries going either way, um, just just horrific. Like they, they look, you know, 18th to first in, in gap, to be honest, I thought. Um, Absolutely. You know, and look... Like every team has had to experience at some point this year, the amount of the sheer number of games that Essendon have had to have played just now really has caught up with them in this particular game. They they, they didn't look like they could run in the first quarter. Yeah, and I'm... continued right through the rest of the game, and then they got some junk time goals in the back half of the game. Yeah, and the crazy thing is to think that you know. There were people that thought that Essendon were going to be, you know, a side that would compete into finals. I mean, they look so far away from it now; it's not funny. Um, I don't know. What do you take out of this terrible, um, terrible hour and two hours, whatever it was? Um, we're not going to bother going into the deficiencies of Essendon. It's all all the same shit we've said all year. Um, yeah. I mean, this reiterates Geelong's premiership credentials that have got. Oh yeah. 
they're, three, they're, they've got yeah. three players that are walking startup, not yeah. playing at the moment. Chewy, Selwood, Ablett. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. Them, yeah. all, all three of them are potential AAs every year. Well, I think Menegola is definitely a chance for all Australian as well. I mean, he's he he gives them such flexibility. Again, Danger was able to go forward as a result of him doing what he yeah. does now, which is so good. Just before we leave Essendon, because I, I, I can't even be bothered getting the bat out. It's not even worth it. But I guess with um, the Dons kind of halftime laughing, what did you think of that? Like telling jokes and stuff. They were criticised. Like they were trying to do the Richmond, you know, telling jokes at halftime. They were down by, uh, I think, nine goals or ten goals at that stage. Like yeah, it, was, it, was, it was 78 to, I think, 15. And then like minutes minutes into the third quarter, Geelong kicked another goal. I think Blixarves kicked one and then, then they were ten goals down. Yeah, yeah again, this comes down to uh, sensing the moment and, and knowing what's going on. And as, as much as they should be allowed to have a laugh, unfortunately, they'll get... They're, they're in the public aura and you can't be seen to be enjoying yourself if you are getting pumped. Like, yeah. Not like the, that. Uh, the, the footage, I've forgotten his name, the fullback for um, Gold Coast uh, after that heartbreaking loss a few weeks ago and he punched the uh, the padded pylon. That's, that, I mean, oh, that's um, the footage. That, that's the type of uh, yeah. sort of feeling and, and emotion you want to see from players when you when your team's really struggling, not laughing and carrying on, no. especially not on the field. I'm walking off. That's yeah, bit bit of maturity lacking there from Essendon. Yeah, I think was that Sam was Sam Collins that did that. Yeah, um, sorry, I was just trying to remember his name. Um, yeah, so obviously a disgrace from Essendon. Um, the only I guess the only thing uh, we spoke about the Tim Woody thing we won't do that again. Uh, Mozzie. Um, terrible injury. So obviously, all the best to him. That's um, we. You know. What was it? I, I happened to just be uh, um, doing something when that happened, so I missed, missed I, it. And I'm um, sorry, my crutches. So I don't know if it was his knee or not. Sure, something like that. Knee. Oh, I think ACL, but possibly another. So ACL, I know that, but some. I think another, possibly another thing as well. But I'm not. I'm not sure for hundred. But it's, minimum ACL. So yeah, Gunny's yeah, ACL. So done the Nahas. Um so yeah, not even in the same. But obviously, yeah, cats look look yeah. They're they're the best to me. They're the best side. I think right now, you know, I was saying to a Geelong a friend and a Geelong fan during the game. I was like, gone is now that myth that the reason. And I always we always spoke about this being a bit bullshit. But the reason that Geelong gets so high up in the eight in some of these years is because like the Dangerfield era, call it right, is because because in the past I think it might have been true in between the you know, Stevie J type of era until now danger because there was a bit of a gap there. But in the danger era, there was always this myth that the reason they're able to finish so high because they have, they've had some minor premierships and top four finishes and then bombed out in the finals. The, the Well, not bombed out, but like got to the, you know, prelim and fallen away, but it was always like, oh, because well, they play so many games in Geelong. They haven't played a game there this year. Not one game. Richmond played, what, four or five games at the G? Like they did play a few games there. But still, yeah. they that that's helping them at least you know grow beyond that. But this was, um, yeah, I mean this was this this completely throws that in the bin. I know they're I think they're a better side this year for sure, but not that much better. Like they've lost Kelly, like you know they've lost a very very good player. Like I I, yeah. I think that this it just shows how good of a side that that group is. Um, Absolutely, just just and not to deliberately correct you, but so we don't get people comments 
commenting that they haven't played any games. They've played the first three down there. Who? Because Geelong. Geelong? In yeah, the category? Because there was no games at SCG. Hawthorne played Geelong at the... Oh, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that... like 20-odd years. And that's the only reason I remember they, 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 that first block of the restart. Sorry. I think it was three games. It might have been two. Sorry. But that's I... it. Again, it doesn't it doesn't change no, your, no, no, no. what you've just said, and I totally agree. And, and and hopefully that puts an end to that type of conversation. They get into a position because they're a bloody good team. Yeah. And um, the fact that they get that home ground advantage, well, then sorry, that why aren't Adelaide, Port Adelaide, Fremantle, yeah. West Coast, why aren't all these other teams who've got a home ground? That have got a, a good list able to do the same thing. It's it's management. It's um, the ability to get the best out of your players as a coaching perspective, and then the execution from the players. They all love playing with each other, and that's the culture of Geelong. They can play anywhere. Um, and I, with this current crop and the crops that they've had for the last decade, yeah, and they're going to play finals because they play for each other yeah. better than anyone else I've seen for a long time. Sorry, the stat that I had, this is where I read it wrong, but the stat that I had was post-leaving Victoria. So they have, yeah. they've obviously not gone. There's that they've played in Queensland the entire time. They had a couple of games at Geelong right at the very beginning. Then they were blocked at the G and then they went away. But that was that's so long ago now. Like that's 12, 13 oh, games ago now. So might as, well, might as well have been last season. Yeah, well, round one may as well have been. But anyway... Um, so, well, yeah, at this rate. So, yeah, look, obviously all the same, you know, things about Geelong. Um, and then, so we had the Dogs-Eagles last night. So we're recording this on um, Monday, excuse me, the 7th of September. Um, look, we've spoken a little bit about this game already because we've spoken about both. Well, we've spoken about um, Eagles, not not the Dogs. But Nick Nat obviously was a huge out, as we said. Dogs, way too predictable going inside and then disgustingly inaccurate so i mean if you didn't see this game last night it was very very frustrating to watch um finishing scoreline six goals 13 points um to seven five so yeah inaccuracy just killed them they were lucky to win in the end um eagles look tired again all the same deficiencies we've said i think let's we'll put a bit of a a cap on that because we've we have gone over that with the other game but Real comedy of errors towards the back end. This was one of those games that just showed that, you know, a team that's played too many games in succession but also, you know, still not at their peak. Um, There's a lot of interesting things out of this game from a dog's perspective. We've got to get going. But, I mean, inaccuracy just, as I said, killed them. But, like, Bruce is just not their guy. Like, he's lucky to be getting games. Josh Bruce, I mean, you talk about all these forwards on the market. I mean, I think the dogs are, you know going to have to be in the market. I mean, I know we, we want, like, there's talk that they'll play Shaki before the end of the year, which is good, but at the same time, I do wonder, um, I do wonder how that's going to go um, from a trade perspective because he's not their guy. He's so out of form. He's He doesn't work in the ruck. English had a great game without um, Nick Nunn, and I think he's going to build, so he's not a ruck. Like, English used to be a midfielder when he was a junior, and it's just going to take him time. He had a late growth spurt, and that's a big reason why it's taking his time to get to know working in the ruck. But he'll turn as we've. I reckon he's going to be a, a good ruckman. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what they're going to do with Josh Bruce. Um, I think the, the Saints dodged a bit of a bullet there, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, so. 
It's too too reliant on Wallace as well. Like I I found that through this game. Like I know, and that's part of the problem with with um, Bruce not being able to provide that second tall is you know that it's it's reliant too much on Norton who was okay, missed some really key set shots. But I think they go to Wallace too much, and I know why because he's in better form and he's he's leading their goal kicking, which is hilarious given they've got Norton there who I think is legitimately quite a good forward, but. They go to him too much, and it became too obvious, and the Eagles started reading it off the boot. Um, yeah, I guess to follow on with that point, because yeah. he, I agree with everything you said with Wallace, but if he's so reliant on the, in the forward line, they can't afford to take him out if they need some um, grunt work in the midfield, which he's also very capable of doing, or being a, a lockdown small defender, which yeah. he's also very capable of doing. So I think, yeah, if, if that forward line doesn't find more avenues to goal on a consistent basis, they become very one-dimensional uh, and predictable, as you just pointed out, which, yeah. again, doesn't bode well when oh, during the home and away season it doesn't bode well, but if you're coming into finals, it, it's even more of a concern. So, look... Oh, not is Shaki the answer? Who knows? We haven't seen it. I absolutely have not seen enough of him no. in the dogs. He obviously didn't really fit well into the um, the Brisbane um, mould, and that's fine. Not every player plays well um, at every club, so they had too yeah, many we'll forwards. See, well. I just agree. Bruce yeah. Bruce has continued to bring his deficiencies from St Kilda across to the dogs. Yeah. Uh, He's not looking great. I'd, I'd be very concerned as a dog supporter if we had to rely on him <laughs> to maybe kick six goals in a game. He did it once. Um, yeah, it's very yeah. concerning. Um, Liam Ryan, as we spoke about already, amazing field kicking again. So good. Um, but, yeah, the dogs really nearly could have blown this. And then it came down to the end to that ridiculous situation, which the game almost deserved. It was a ridiculous game. So it, was, it deserved a ridiculous end. So they were, it was all about the... That ball over the line and is there shadow and the from the left goalpost it looked like there was a gap right it looked like like a like a uh, you could fit a little tiny rat through that little gap but not not much bigger than that and then the right post looked like it hadn't crossed the line yet so I don't I don't know I don't want to comment on on score reviews obviously the technology is embarrassing for what is a um, at times comes across like a bush league but. Uh, we already went off at them the other week for not having the technology at the ground in Alice Springs, but this was yeah, this was pretty ridiculous again. But anyway, it could mean that. I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I'd be pissed because the other angle looks like it's in. Uh, it looks like McGovern's touched it, and that's their top four. They're going to probably finish fifth now because of that that millimeter. So anyway, it is what it is. Bailey Smith look was great. Um, yeah, I mean, what a bizarre, bizarre game, though. Like, all, all a lot of the things that, that work. Um, it'd be fascinating to see the Eagles in this stretch home um, because I, I, if they if they lose the next couple and, and start sitting towards the bottom end of the eight, you'd think they wouldn't because they've got an okay run home. But you never know now. Like, this is the thing. Like, you look at the run home and you're thinking, wow, we'll talk about this in the preview. But you look at it and you're like, Saints West Coast next week? Mm, I think I might tip the Saints. Up in Queensland, they're so much more reliable. Yeah, uh, again, it's... They can, I know they haven't, but this game, like, yeah, they've got that um, review that costs, potentially costs them the game, but they should never have been in this position to begin with. Yeah. They're a much better side, in my opinion, than the Dogs. They should have been a few goals up and never seen themselves 
in a position like that they found themselves. So they've really only got themselves to blame. And then, yeah, and Saints next week or next tomorrow or whenever they play next, so Dobbs losing track of everything at the moment. Um, very tough game. Saints look really good and comfortable up in Queensland yeah. and West Coast continue to look like that. Don't know what football is. Let's see whether that keepings off style can work against West Coast. That'd be hilarious if Ratten really turns up that game style and they beat West Coast. If I'm Brett Ratten after the game, I'd be like, oh, gee, did that... Did that st- oh it stood up didn't it oh yeah no it did against against the, um, the premier from twenty eighteen yeah yeah no okay no worries yeah like you'd you'd, you'd be pretty tempted to uh, throw a bit of shade on Matt Ratten um, yeah I think so yeah so look I mean for like, at one point you know four eleven for the dogs like I mean it's just like it's mind blowing like they should this so this again one of these games like they should have been up by twenty or thirty points easy um, it's yeah it's wild like uh, the dogs. Very stressful team to watch, but uh, I like them. But wow, like yeah. they're a very stressful team to watch. Very stressful. Um, not in like a I want to like murder myself. Not like a Mel- Melbourne. Melbourne. Not like no. Stressful. Where you just like why are you so incompetent? It's more like oh, you should be so far in front. You should literally. Yeah. It's chalkboard scratches. Yeah, it's so yeah. like it's so close to being really really good. They just need to get that last one percent right. Um, yeah. And momentum, I mean, they won it in the end. So it looks like um, dogs are sitting, you know, what are they sitting now? At ninth, equal points with the Giants. So very interesting. Um, so that is the review. Uh, we will be back for the preview. All the best. Check out Hopstome, hopstome.com.au. Um, please check out Beyond the Game TV. Uh, any questions, AFL Deep Dive, uh, rate and review if you can. Me and uh, old mate Mick have um, have plenty of lockdown time on our hands, so if you've got stuff you want to ask, we can. Uh, I'm sure we can find a minute or two to, to answer yeah, those questions. Send it, send it our way, and um, obviously in the lead up to the finals, tell us what you want us to talk about um, leading into it, or because uh, the season's almost done and dusted. Yeah, and old mate Mick's got his um, all Australian to to preview as well. He's got a bit of a, a theory as to where we're going with that, so. Yeah, Lots of exciting things happening. I did. I did put one name in there incorrectly. Uh, I think you might have picked it up anyway in the in the did I? pocket. I, did. I, haven't, I haven't put it up anyway. So. No, that doesn't matter. That's right. We'll get into that later on. We'll do that. All right. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya.